Let's pray. Here we are, the people of God gathered in your name, Jesus. The spirit of the Lord is among the people of the Lord. And so we acknowledge your presence, Jesus. And we look to you to give us wisdom and hope, to give us life and purpose, to teach us how to live a life that is full and abundant. We trust you this morning that as you drill down into the stuff in our hearts, that you'll do a work that is magnificent, transforming and for your glory. So we commit this time to you, Lord, and I pray the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, will not only be acceptable in your sight, but will be part of your kingdom building process. In Jesus' name, amen. There's one in every family, two in mine, in fact. I love that phrase. It comes up on and off my whole life. We're going to talk about the kingdom of God breaking through in the family today. Um, So are you ready for that? Sometimes it feels like that's the place we least see the kingdom of God, at least maybe my experience. Before we do, I just wanted to flag two things. I want to back in the concept of Alpha Alpha that we had advertised. Alpha is an incredible opportunity for people to hear the good news of the gospel. Joan here, just we just spoke in the coffee break and she came to our church through Alpha last year. She said it was life-changing. It came at the right time in her life when things were really tough and for her it was powerful. Is that right? She, she didn't want to talk to you because she said she'll be emotional. But ask her. It's a life-changing opportunity. So I want you to seriously think, who could I bring? And we're going to run at 5 o'clock on a Friday night here at Baronia. The reason we're doing that is because we think we can gather some people at, who are dropping off kids at about that time. We're going to work hard to work it in with our Kids Quest. So actually there's an opportunity for kids to go to something and for parents to go to something. Uh, but you don't have to be a parent to come, even if you just want to improve your English, guys. Come along to Alpha, great opportunity to build community and get connected. Or if you need a free meal for dinner, right, Tim? Alpha is a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity. Sorry, (laughs) that's cheeky, isn't it? But I know, a good, a free meal is good. A meal in community, even better. So please let me encourage you. Seriously pray and say, God, is this someone you want me to bring? I'd love to do it. Please make a way. If people say no, don't be downhearted. Sometimes people need a few invitations over time. All right. There's one in every family, two in my family. We've been talking about the kingdom of God breaking through. You might remember Josh preached a few weeks and he talked about the kingdom of God breaking through in our workplace. Does anybody remember that? Yes. And then we had Simon Warwick come and he shared about the kingdom of God breaking through in our globe and he was representing in part which do ministry in India and are bringing a transformation to the continent of India underground um, as people and villages get changed by the power of God. Today we're talking about the kingdom of God breaking through in our families. And of all the places in the world, this is the place we need to see God break through. Just look around our society, just our neighbourhood in fact. There is strife, there is trouble, there is rupture, there is tearing, there is brokenness 
within families. I'm not talking about how a family should look. I'm not talking about the structure, but the characters of people within family are being destroyed. And so families are in strife. There's anger. There's frustration. There's dissatisfaction. There's depression. There's parents spread thin. There's kids raised by screens. There's words like me time over generosity. Or there's words like um, my rights, my way. And this comes from all shapes, shapes and structures within families. God's heart, God's kingdom is not to have strife in whatever family environment you're in, whether that's a, you know, the old school family shape or whether you're living with in-laws or outlaws or cousins or friends or community people. Wherever your family is, God is caring about your situation and he wants to bring breakthrough. Does anybody need to hear this message today? Family is hard work. Two in my family, one of them might be me. It's tricky. Family is tricky. And yet it is at the very centre of our society and where God actually wants to form us. We have a little phrase we say to each other in our staff meetings when we're supporting each other because we act a bit like a small group sometimes. And we say this little phrase to each other when there's rubber in our families. We say, God forms us by the rigour of relationship into the image of Christ. And we hold on to that when things are hard. God is actually able to do... The kingdom of God is breaking through. That was always what his plan was. Always. When Jesus came to the earth, when he rose again, the new kingdom began. And the people of God, you and me, we are the bringers of the kingdom of God in our season. So let me read you from a Colossians 3. Colossians 3, verse 1. I'm going to read the whole passage. So settle in, get comfortable. Here comes the word of God. Since then, connection people, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sinful immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming, we're finding it. You used to walk in these ways in a life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these. Are you ready? Anger. Nuts. I'm already in trouble. Rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off the old self with its sinful practices and have put on a new self which is being renewed in the knowledge and in the image of the creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, no circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, connection, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. 
If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive them as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful that the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all to the name of the Lord, giving thanks to the God and Father through him. Pause. There's another few verses in this passage. We'll come to them later. I don't want to distract you. Here we go. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. Humility, love, grace, kindness, clothed with compassion. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. It looks good, doesn't it? Imagine your house on a Sunday morning was like that. I say that and let me tell you, the dog pooed on the carpet this morning. (gasps) My house was not clothed in the peace of Christ. Now think about your family. Think about the one in every family or two that might be in yours. Think about the place where there is rigour, where it is hard, where it's not peaceful, where there's not unity, where there's dysfunction, broken relationship, hurt, sorrow. I want you to imagine with the imagination of Christ what it would be like if the kingdom of God broke through. Can you imagine it? Mm. I had to think about this quite a lot. You see, my family is a little bit funny. It's a bit tricky. For me, thinking about God breaking through is a scary thought. Is it possible? Could I dare to hope that the rejection I still feel when I think about them at the deep core places could actually be restored? (coughs) Could God really change around attitudes and thoughts and behaviours that have always existed in our family dynamic? Is it possible that God could do a work where what I've tried to do over the years that has failed time and time again, is it possible God could change those circumstances? Well, the kingdom of God says yes. The heavens breaking through to transform our everyday life from darkness to life suggests yes. Actually, God can do an amazing work. But how does he do this work? How on earth does he bring the breakthrough? Because when I think about it, I pull back. I prefer to leave that pain in a box. I prefer to not open it up to God or anyone. I prefer to not think about it anymore and go on as excellent roommates with my brothers, with my parents, with the situations that I've got to work out. What is the shift? How do we start to believe that God can do something? I think it begins with a renewed mind. You know, we all know that verse, Romans 12, that says, renew your mind. 
You know, I beseech you, brothers and sisters, by the mercy of God, present your bodies. Do not be conformed to this world, this kingdom, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you'll live out God's will. What does a renewed mind say about the kingdom of God? We must believe God's truth over what things look like. So when we look at our circumstances... We can see all the reasons not to. Not to reconcile, not to forgive, not to be transformed, not to let go, not to choose kindness. We can see all those reasons. But God is inviting us to renew our mind and see the world through his eyes. The church has lost its nerve when it comes to this. The Western church, I believe, has lost its nerve around faith. We've started to say, well, this is how it's always been. And God doesn't really show up and change things here in Australia. So we're just going to be nice. Just be nice and that'll be okay. We'll, we'll have a form of godliness. We'll look like we're good Christians because we're nice. But in actual fact, we deny the power the breakthrough, the resurrection, restoration, reconciliation power of breakthrough. When we believe that what we can see is all there really is. God is saying, I want you to see the world as I see. Don't be too afraid to believe that I can do more than you ask or imagine. Don't be too apathetic to pray that I actually... I'm at work in this space. Trust who makes the promises. Paul's guessing at my points. Well done, Paul. Trust who is giving these promises and trust that he is good for his word. When God commands, when God commissions, God empowers. So if God is saying to us, pray, pray about this circumstance, then God is saying, I will turn up. I will bring breakthrough. We don't have to ask, God, I don't know your will about this person I'm very angry about. We don't have to pray, whatever your will is, God, that'll be fine. We know the will of God. Be reconciled, Corinthians says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What is the will of God around conflict? Help me out. Reconciliation. That's exactly right. God gave us that ministry. If he gave us the job, he expects us and empowers us to do it, yeah? Now, that doesn't mean that when there's trouble and strife, we put ourselves back in the danger zone. You're hearing me? There are some situations where there's trouble and strife, where there's abuse, where there's danger. That's not the suggestion. But reconciliation is this issue. It's the work of the heart. It's the work of our attitudes. It's the work of our character. Not all circumstances will come back into peace, although God can do more than we ask or imagine. But God is asking us to make a choice here around reconciliation. What are our attitudes? What are our values? How are we participating in this relationship with God? We've got to start to pray for miracles. 
That's all. I don't have another comment. We've got to start to pray for miracles. That's the kingdom of God. When God is bringing heaven to earth, that's what miracles are. When God makes a way where there seems to be no way. But it's sometimes too close for comfort to hope in our ruins. So for me, this is a reality. God really nailed me about this while I was away. He challenged me about the very thing I'm bringing to you, that actually he wants all of my heart, including the stuff in a box that I've covered up and put away because it hurts. And I can be nice, but God doesn't want nice. That's not the kingdom of God. God wants transformation. He wants me to come in and trust him with the very tough stuff. To bring my brokenness, my sorrow, my pain and my fear, arms wide, heart abandoned, to trust that he will be in control. This issue of kingdom breaking through is dependent on our trust in him. The more we trust him, the more permission he has to bring breakthrough. Hello, are you here today? The more we trust him, the more power he has to bring breakthrough. Do you want breakthrough? So trust is scary. It's very close to the heart. But letting God close while it is painful is also powerful. It is in the trust that God meets us. It is in the faith that God meets us. It is by faith our salvation is worked out. Everything from the very first time we believe to the points where God says, now it's time to surrender this thing. Now it's time to surrender this. God meets us in the faith. I'm trying to stir it up this morning. I'm trying to encourage you to believe that God can do more than you ask, more than you imagine that his kingdom can break through, that what we've read in Colossians about the good work of God, he can actually achieve within us. It's the tricky stuff we hold back from God. We don't want to be disappointed. But this morning I believe that God is breathing over you his whisper and me. Let the ruins come to life the beauty of his name out of the ashes for the glory of his name the first picture I had was a picture of ruins I don't know if Paul can go back to it this is I can't say the name of the place Paranella or something like that ruins in somewhere up in North Queensland we went there for a day built in the 1930s it was like the Gatsby of Australia beautiful Playground, park, reception centre, theatre, ballroom, all that jazz. And a great flood came and washed some of it away because it was built with clay and iron that didn't work together and the guy was a dreamer, not an engineer. And so it sat for a long time and nobody even realised it was still there. And over time, you can see the world grew up around it, moss and... And then a family bought it and decided they could still use it as a place to welcome visitors. 
And today, heaps of visitors come. Wedding receptions happen once again in Paranella Park. They give you the tour and they say, let the dream of the guy who built this place continue. It's an incredible place, much more than one, one building. And all day as I'm walking around this place, I had the song, let the ruins come to life. You see, what we think are ruins, God can make into something beautiful, another place of gathering, another place of welcome, new life. There is hope. You see, God is working in all things. He's working. And when God is working, stand back, get out of the way, and let him make something beautiful. The greater the faith, the greater the breakthrough, the opportunity for God to work. Right, I'm going to read to you eight, verse 18. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. I knew you'd get distracted. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents. Amen! In everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they'll become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it. Not only when your eye is... On you and, mm, does that make sense? Thank you. And to curry their favour, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Skip down a little bit. I'm pretty sure it says, masters take care of your slaves. I'm not going to spend time on the slaves. A whole revolution has taken place actually because of this verse to do with getting rid of slavery, but that's not today's conversation. I just want to slow down for a minute around the family unit. I know not everybody sits in this traditional family unit, but I want to call out what this passage is talking about. You might have different views on what this passage is talking about. You might have heard them in the church For a long time, almost 2,000 years, this passage was used actually to dominate and control, to overpower and to rule women and children. I don't think that's what this passage is actually about. You see, firstly, if it was about that, that's how the Greco-Roman world already was. It existed with men as the CEOs of their family and everybody else as property. And there would have been no need for the Apostle Paul to say this is how a family should be. Instead, that kind of thinking, which has produced a lot of damage for centuries to many, many people and still to this day continues, is more like the thinking that came out of Genesis 2. God said to the woman after Adam and her ate the apple, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labour, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. What did you say that for, God? It's not very nice, as every woman who's ever given birth. This was a result of the curse. It's not the way God designed the earth. It wasn't, the earth wasn't designed for people to rule over dominate and power over one another. But as a result of, of Adam and Eve turning and doing their own thing instead of God's thing, 
the power issue became an issue and has for thousands of years been a problem in the human race. I'm pretty sure just this week we saw a couple of powerful people check whose weapons were bigger than who else's weapons in our society. Power is a problem when it's not surrendered to God. So when we no longer live under the curse, what happened was, particularly actually in Ephesus, which also has this same passage, very similar teaching, slightly bigger, slightly more thought out, and um, Paul has kind of taught it out a bit broader. But when we have that kind of teaching, and then God says everybody's equal, everybody's valuable, everybody's worthwhile, the church kind of exploded with, wow, that's a different way of thinking. And a whole bunch of people said, well, I don't need to be married anymore. I'm out. That's it. I'm off. I'm going to do my own thing. And so in Ephesus particularly, but we can imagine probably Colossae, they had some of the same challenges. Paul was saying, well, wait a minute. Actually, in our freedom, what we are called to do is live in submission and surrender to one another. The way of God is not dominating over But neither is it anarchy and self-will and dog-eat-dog, I'm having my way and that's all it is. It is about mutual submission. Jesus himself taught this when he said, love, you tell me, one another. Love one another. The words around this passage have maybe been debated for many years, but the invitation is the same, love. In Ephesians, it opens the passage by saying, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Love one another. Submit to one another. Respect one another. This passage is for everyone, and the invitation is a submission competition. To the back of the line, to serve one another as Christ served his people. Imagine a world in which love and submission for one another was done to honour God. Imagine you experience that kind of love and submission and imagine giving it. It's risky. It's very close. Too close for comfort? The more you're willing to trust God, the greater the breakthrough. This is an invitation for breakthrough. So, now what? I don't mind what you do. But today I'm hoping that God is stirring in you a faith to believe that his kingdom can break through in whatever your situation is. God actually can do something more than you ask or imagine. But the invitation starts with us. Will I trust God with it? Will I willingly participate with God in it? So we're going to sing, let the ruins come to life, because I can't get out of my head. But in it is this promise that God is at work. And I want to encourage you, don't have to sing it if you don't want to, but take some time to do business with God. Let him close. Let him into the box places or the angry places or the unforgiveness places. Let him break through because he wants to. He wants to bring to yours and my life (coughs) 
his resurrection power transforming our families so that we might experience his dominion, his reign in our lives and the blessing and the hope that comes with that. So thanks very much, Paul. We'll sing that and then I will pray. We stand on your promise this morning that you are at work in us, bringing your kingdom to come and your will to be done. Lord, we acknowledge we cannot do this ourselves. We cannot bring reconciliation. We cannot change circumstances. We cannot bring breakthrough from heaven ourselves. But you have promised that when we trust you with our situations, that you will bring about your will. And we are hoping this morning that in the situations that are in our minds, that your kingdom will come and your will will be done. Lord, there are some here that need reconciliation. And Lord, we ask for the power of your Holy Spirit to be released, to bring reconciliation, to bring transformation, to bring salvation. Lord, there are some here that are hurting. They have been damaged by things that others have done or not done. And we invite your Holy Spirit to come and do a work of healing within us. We can't make it better, but you can. Your work on the cross, your power over darkness, your resurrection, new life is ours. And this morning we receive your healing. Lord, there are some of us that have been fighting to hold the power. We don't want to surrender. We don't want to love. We don't want to let go or forgive. But this morning your Holy Spirit calls us to lay it down, to forgive as Christ has forgiven us. And this morning we choose to put these things at your feet, to no longer hold the power of rule and judgment over others, to release them to your responsibility and to choose love again. We lift our eyes to you. You are our hope. You are our salvation. Your spirit is the bringer of breakthrough. And so, Lord, this morning we commit these and other things to you. And we ask that your blessing will be with us as we go. Lord, make your face shine upon us. Lord, make your grace surround us. In our going out, in our coming in, in our labour, our leisure, our laughter and our tears. Lord God, may your kingdom come. May your will be done. May we experience your breakthrough and may we say at the end, to God be the glory. Amen.